Hey, it's Amanda. Thanks for listening to Sew and Tell. Be sure to stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special conversation Meg and I had with Sunny Grant, the director of e-learning and education for SVP. We talked all about Husqvarna Viking sewing and embroidery machines. These are machines with generous sewing areas, large color touchscreens, and an exclusive sensor system for consistent, even feeding. These products are made for sewers by sewers. Learn more at HusqvarnaViking.com. Welcome to Sew and Tell, where sewists from fashion, theater, and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest topics in the sewing community. I'm Amanda Carestio. I'm Meg Healy. And I'm Kate Seinard. Today, we are diving into outerwear. I can't believe we haven't tackled outerwear before. I am so excited to talk about all the jackets and coats and shackets including lots of new patterns that have come out recently. Uh Um, I don't know. In thinking about this episode, I realized how much I really do love sewing outerwear. More on that later. Um, And and after that discussion, we will each share a little something in our Sojo segment and we'll answer a listener question. Before we begin, quick check-in. How's everyone doing? I am super happy. Um, Anybody who follows me on Instagram probably knows that I finished my revamp of my sewing studio. Um, Uh It is is clean and it is organized and I have even sewn something and then immediately cleaned up after myself. So it's still clean and organized. Wow. (laughs) I know. And I have, oh, I have a desk for my embroidery machine that all of my embroidery (sighs) machine accessories, like fit into. So I always know where they are. They're right there in that. Oh, it's so good. I'm so, I'm so excited. I've got beautiful shelves and beautiful desks and I can just spin around from my sewing machine table and be at my serger and I am blissfully happy. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. How about you, Meg? (laughs) Well, speaking of, uh, Spaces and sewing spaces. Yes. I can, yeah, share the news now that we bought a house. So we'll be moving Yay. in one month, which is scary. So I've been kind of slowly packing and now knowing where we're going to go, it's kind of nice. And knowing my yeah. new sewing studio with the door, and I just, I'm really excited to, but I'm sad. I love my sewing loft, yeah. but mm. it'll be so nice to have a backyard and a sewing room. So I'm going to be having to do my entire studio and I I'm excited to do that. I know. Maybe it, it'll be the only room in the house that's allowed to be painted lime green. <laughs> you gotta have at least one. I know. Right? Well the kitchen. What I loved about the house when we first walked in is it already had a lime green kitchen. And so I was like sold. And then Julian's like, you know we're painting it, right? I'm like, no. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> I have Mixed feelings about this, and I'm sad that he didn't consult with me first. I know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but it's- I don't know that I, I'm sure I've never told you this, but back when I was um, in high school, we repainted my bathroom and I picked a color that was very, very lime green. I think maybe technically it was apple, but it, um, it was a very, very lime green room and it was a small room. And so the color was a lot more, it was a lot more 
than you thought it was going to be just looking at the paint chips. And my family still makes fun of me for my lime green bathroom, but I really what? loved it. I know because it was so bright, but it was wonderful. Meg, you would have loved it. Oh, they just, they just don't get it. They don't understand. Understand? They don't. Funny, my brother, um, he just bought a house in April and it has a lime green bathroom upstairs <laughs> and they're, they're painting it all, but they're doing it all at once. They're getting a big reno done. So it's still lime green. And I, they're always like, oh, it's Meg's bathroom until Aww. then. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, this needs to get changed. I'm like, oh, no, this room's perfect. You don't have to do anything in don't here. Don't touch a thing. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I love well, that. I made a lime green coat before. Awesome. Um, Perfect segue. I feel like we need to have like a segue segue. tally. Yes. Along with our sewing puns. But I feel like, Meg, you always win. Um, And I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, It's now my mission in every episode to like try and say, like uh, making connections. (laughs) There's usually something. I mean, lime green coat is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, let's jump in. Um, just to kind of kick things off, how do you guys feel about sewing outerwear? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it intimidating? What are your general thoughts? Um, I'll start. I will just quickly, I didn't think that I liked outerwear, but I, Uh as I was preparing and like thinking about everything I had actually made, it made me realize like that's some of my favorite projects have uh-huh. been outerwear projects. And one thing that um, I was initially thinking about this episode and I was like, well, I haven't, I haven't sewn outerwear, outerwear. And by that I meant like your typical like classic wool coat, which is like a milestone project for me and something that I haven't tackled yet because I have some fit issues that I need to, um, be ready to deal with. But there's so many different kinds of outerwear besides just like a wool coat. So just had to get that out there. Okay, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I would have said that um, that outerwear was not something I sewed, but then I stopped and I thought about it and I started tallying yeah. stuff. And I've actually sewn quite a lot of outerwear. I mean, it's not up there mm-hmm. with tank tops or anything, but I was really yeah surprised at the number. Um, I also have not done a... I haven't done a classic wool coat. I haven't, I'm not sure I've done anything that's like classic, classic, but, um, I've done, I've done quite a few things and, uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised to realize that. Mm -hmm. My most worn coat is, uh, one that I made. It was like that classic wool coat. I did, um, a coat couture sew along where I sewed a pea coat and mm-hmm. I remember that using Pendleton wool and it was fully lined and it's so warm and I it's like my my winter coat I love it I love sewing coats because I feel like it is another it's kind of in that same branch of maybe you'll actually save money sewing yes. <laughs> like a coat yeah, totally and like with it's with maybe some jeans and swimwear but coats are another thing and they're actually so. They are intimidating at first, but it's really easy. Like you think with the lining, it's just it's just like a shell, then you put it all together and just some mm-hmm. buttons, and it, it's done. Like it's there are yeah, definitely some. Like I don't think I could make like a snowboarding coat with like all like the like mm-hmm. all the specialty features. But uh, I love sewing coats um, and wearing them, and because. Uh-huh. 
some of them you shop around and they're so boring in stores. They're all just like, there's no, there's not a lot of fun ready to wear coats. And that's why I like sewing. You can really make like a statement coat. Totally. I agree. I agree. Hi, it's Amanda. Husqvarna Viking products are made for sewers by sewers. Their sergers are designed so you can professionally finish your projects with ease. Check out their newest model, the Amber Air S600, which has air threading loopers, an automatic needle threader, and precise thread control. Husqvarna Viking machines, which include the Designer Ruby 90 sewing and embroidery machine, are packed with top-of-the-line features that are extremely convenient to use. Meg and I talked about those and so much more with Sonny Grint, the Director of E-Learning and Education for SVP, in a special conversation you'll hear at the end of this episode. It's never been easier to experience the joy that sewing can bring to you and your family. Get started today at HuskvarnaViking.com. Well, let's talk about kind of the scope of outerwear that you've sewn. Um, Kate, why don't you kick us off? Okay, so I have sewn, like I said, kind of a surprising amount, and I sat down and I kind of listed some off for myself. Um, I, I've i made my tamarack jacket, you know, my very special piece mm-hmm. and embroidered and um, just crazy busy tamarack coat. Um, I made a copper mountain coat for a sew along, which I oh, yeah. Um, yeah. joyfully wore. Um, a couple days ago when the weather started to turn here, um, I was just so happy <laughs> to be wearing my copper mountain coat out and about. It was really kind of ridiculous. Um, I've made some various capes and cloaks um, for nerdier purposes like costuming or, you know, my husband does some live action role playing. Um, and occasionally I go to things with him. And since that's often camping, it gets cold at night. So... Uh, we have these um, big uh, ankle-length hooded cloaks um, that are fleece-lined and very nice, nice and warm. Ooh, that um, sounds so cozy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, we um, we keep them in the car. And then when it's the winter and it's, like, really cold in the car and it hasn't warmed up yet, we'll uh, pull out the cloaks and I'll just, like, cuddle up under one like a blanket until the car warms up. And it is so lovely and cozy. Uh, love that thing. Um, and then of course I was sitting here making my list. And then two days later I was like, wait, what about my bird of style coat that I wore to Vienna? Yet another piece yes. of outerwear that I've made. So, um, that's, that's kind of my range. Um, I think. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am. How about you, Meg? I, yeah, it's so funny when you think I, I'm like, oh, I've just kind of made those like main coats that I had for this, the sew along, like my wool coats. And then I went to think about it and I'm like, I've made a lot of other jackets, like uh, denim jackets, biker jackets. I made a copper mountain coat as well. And mm-hmm. I I made a whole wool cape for a Berta mashup like five years ago. And I made um, another coat with like, an, it was a double-sided fabric. It was fleece on the inside and neoprene on the outside. And mm. so I've made a bunch of coats, but I, I realized that I, I've i only made Berta style coats. I haven't delved into the indie uh, 
an indie coat pattern. So huh. I really want to do that. And there's like so many. I, I need to make a jacket. I mean, that's just needs to yes. be the next one. But Some yeah. Of but I've sewed a lot of bird coats for sure. <laughs> and they do make good coats. I lo- love every coat that I've made uh, and jacket. Awesome. Well, I too, I, I, why is it that you, coats and jackets, yeah. you kind of forget about them, but totally. there's, I mean, but then like every fall when I get to take yeah, them that's, out yeah, again, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this jacket. And oh yeah, I forgot how cozy this thing is. Um, cause I, I went back through my Instagram feed and I have made, um, I've actually made quite a few, coats for other people, which I hadn't really thought about. Um, But I've made two Ilford jackets. One was like a denim trench and one was a denim with flannel lighting coat (gasps) that I made for my husband last year. Um, I love that pattern. Um, I've made a Tamarack and I've also mostly made a Yates coat. Um, Those are both patterns by Grainline Studio. I've made three Wixton unfolding jackets, one of which was for my mom. Um, and I think that pattern has been discontinued, but I'll see what I can find in terms of sharing info about it. Um, I don't know if this counts, but I wear my, I've made three Esme cardigans and it's like a maxi cardigan. And I wear that like a coat, especially in like, um, Mm -hmm. spring and fall, like Mm -hmm. as, as you just begin to need a coat, because it's they're cozy. They're made with like one is a wool uh, blend and one is a sweatshirt fabric. So it's like a long sweatshirt duster. So cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my new favorite is um, actually our new sew along project, which is the Wyndham quilted bomber jacket. I had never made a bomber jacket, and it had been on my list for a long time. Um, until I made this jacket, you know, on camera <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and it's got quilting and zipper pockets and, um, all of the kind of classic features of a bomber jacket. And it's got, um, it's got a wool lining that is, or sorry, it's got a flannel lining that is, and a flan- flannel outer that are quilted together. I have worn that thing so much. I will say like not every sew along project is something that like goes directly into my wardrobe, but that one is most definitely mm-hmm. uh, something that I've worn quite a bit. It's it's nice and lightweight um, and super cozy. I mean, quilted flannel, like mm. maybe the coziest thing ever. So yeah, definitely a surprise to kind of look back and think through. Yeah everything I've made. I've, I've, I've skipped around. I, there are some genres that I haven't hit yet when it comes to outerwear. Um, but we'll talk about those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I just like thought of a couple more even while yeah. you were talking. <laughs> I was like, oh, I made Julian oh, yeah, that moving blanket jacket. Yes. And he wears it. He was wearing it this morning when he left. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and my blanket coat from Stour. I, I yes. For, you just forget about them because it's like you pack them away. Maybe that's it. The, yeah. And then it, they're, so they're not just like in your always rotate. I don't always see them hanging on my, on my coat rack. It's like surprise. <laughs> yeah. But there is something like there's something so satisfying about sewing outerwear because yeah. you can wear them like every day of the week. Mm-hmm. So you can like wrap up in something cozy and me made and I'm always just really proud whenever my outerwear keeps me warm. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. yes, yeah, I, I I made this layer and it is perfect for this temperature. 
Um, I'm so cozy and I made this. There's just, I don't know, there's something extra rewarding about it when it's like, you know, for survival, which it's never really that <laughs> dramatic. <but laughs> you can even pretend. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's a survival skill for sure. Let's talk a little bit about wins and fails because I feel like, like I was just saying, like my me co- my me made coats are some of my favorites, but I've also had some like terrific fails when it comes terrific um, learning opportunities when it comes to mm. outerwear. How about y'all? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I love my Copper Mountain coat so much, and. Um, Another win for me was my uh, the cloak I was talking about earlier. Um, I was I had this idea that I wanted to instead of doing a solid um, a solid back, I uh, put in these uh, swoops of um, different colored fabric. Um, I ha- I'll have to uh, you know, include a picture in the show notes because it's really Definitely. hard to explain. But they were they were they were curved and they kind of got bigger as they, that, you know, they started kind of narrow and got big as they went down. And, um, I, I mean, I basically had to, you know, pattern that out. I had to mark where I was cutting. I had to add my seam allowance. I had to make sure that I had put on notches so I could get everything lined up because it was going across two panels. So it wasn't just lining up itself it was also lining up down the center back seam and it looks so good. And it looked so good from the moment I did it. And I was so incredibly proud of myself and I, I just, I love it and I'm so proud of it. Um, so that was definitely a win for me. Um, as for fails, I don't have any like utter fails, but, um, my Tamarack jacket, for example, um, I love it. It's beautiful. It took me like four months to make. Um, but it doesn't very fit, it doesn't fit very comfortably. And yeah. I don't I don't know if that's just maybe I need to wash it to soften it up a little bit or what, but it's it's not really comfortable for me to wear, so I haven't really worn it more than once or twice. Um similarly, I love my Berta style coat, but I should have um, I probably should have made a, um, a muslin on that one. I should have made the arm size a little bigger because they're, mm. it's just a tiny bit tight through the arm, through the arm size. And that means that a lot of times I'm like, eh, I don't want to deal with this right now. So I don't put it on. Um, I also put the buttons in completely the wrong place the first time <laughs> I did. And halfway through the trip, I had to like completely reposition all my buttons, but that was fine because my mother-in-law very smartly brought a sewing kit, which I failed to do. Nice. Um, I probably deserve punishment for that. Um, but yeah, so both of those were, they weren't fails necessarily. They were just, they haven't, they haven't quite been as awesome as some of my wins. I always love a good learning experience, though. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I definitely had some fails just for opting for lining. Like, I never realized Mm -hmm. a functional lining is a little bit slippery So because you do wear layers, so it's easier to, like, get your Mm -hmm. arm in and out and things like that, too. Like, just questionable lining choices because, you know, it – yeah – you get easily 
stuck in things. And I think mm-hmm. on one jacket, a new one I made because, oh yeah, it was my double facing one. And I was too intimidated. It was too intimidated to put buttons or something in it. And I just glued snaps to it. <laughs> and then they fell out and, you know, and then I <laughs> sewed them on, but you could see them for the, because it wasn't a lot. It was one, but it turned out cute. And I, I managed to kind of sew them on in a way where it was wrapped in just the, the long layer, but yeah, just little things like that. But I did yeah. make a coat for my mom. That was a, that was a fail. It's still like has pins fitting in it and I need to make it. <laughs> she tried it on and she was like, I don't like this. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so I need to eventually do that. Um, but yeah, just some little things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my fails are pretty epic. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So the best let me start with my let me let me start with my wins. Uh, my Ilford like uh, denim trench is one of my favorite things I've ever made. I think it was just like a I saw it in my mind and it turned exactly like it became exactly what was in my head and it feels like me and it feels unique but wearable like that perfect you know, happy place. And also my Tamarack jacket. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that thing. It's so like, it's compared to Kate's, it is so plain and (laughs) barely, barely looks me made, you know, um, for better or worse. So both of those jackets are actually made from thrifted fabric, which I think just took the pressure off a little bit. So maybe I wasn't Mm -hmm. as intimidated and just kind of went for it. Side note, Exciting side note about the Tamarack, uh, Grainline Studio just released an expansion pack for that pattern. Oh, yeah. And there's a hood and a collar and some patch pocket options um, and expanded sizing. So just wanted to make sure that little bit of news because that was exciting to me. Um, And my fails. One was the Tasuti Oslo coat, um, mostly because I bought it and never made it. Um, I printed out the pattern it was so many pages, so many pages, because the lining is separate. And it's definitely mm-hmm. that I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the classic wool coat. Um, but I think I got, I just stopped in my tracks. I got intimidated because I realized later that it's a raglan sleeve. And the fabric that I have to work with is this really lovely wool. And it's like a large window pane print. Um, mm. or, or pattern. And I wasn't sure how that was, how I was going to be able to match it up on the raglan sleeves. So for all those reasons and more, it was just a total no-go. And then my Yates coat, um, I think I've shared on here before. I, I don't know why I wanted, I had in mind to make like a really classic wool coat with that pattern, but I didn't have wool at the time. So I made it with, um, some denim for kind of like a chore coat kind of look with a little bit of eye cat. And then I got to the sleeves and they, it's a two part sleeve and it, they were so tight. Mm. It was just, it was like, I I should have totally made a muslin, but there was also some fabric selection uh, mishaps happening. So I ended up having to make the sleeves from like, um, from a thicker black Ponty, which was stretchy. So it worked, but I haven't worn it very much. And I think part of it is because it's like, 
there's not a lot of like in between weather here in Colorado. Like it's mm-hmm. either yeah warm or cold. Um, and that one is definitely more of a transitional coat. But for whatever reason, I have not worn it very much. And I think it actually still needs buttons. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Definite fail. No fault of the pattern. Totally my own my own fault. And I'm okay with that. Learning opportunities. Yep, for sure. Um, let's talk about favorite fabrics for outerwear. I think for me, you know, I have in mind like, ah, I want to make a wool coat and like cross that off my list. But I actually really don't like wool um, for my skin and my, just my body chemistry. It just doesn't work very well. So, um, so another reason I probably haven't tackled that, but I love all kinds of like bottom weight fabrics. As I mentioned, I found a lot of secondhand and thrifted bottom weight fabrics that are great for coat making, like the lighter, lighter coats and things. But um, I also really love denim. I just love denim jackets of okay. all kinds, flannel lined and otherwise. I've never like made it a quilted denim something, but maybe I need to oh, think about yeah, that. That would be a good thing yeah. to do. So yeah, pretty much everything except wool. wool's actually my favorite outerwear fabric i love it i love sewing it and i love pressing it and i love this the smell of it too Mm -hmm. like when you it has that like smell there's something yeah it's my favorite and also because it's you can get it in really fun colors like Mm -hmm. i have my lime green very vibrant yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so that's why i love a wool because you can get that those really nice like just uh it's almost their like buttery color like mm-hmm. i don't know it's mm-hmm. just it's it totally like sews like butters and wool and i and i love wearing wool um for sure and i also love uh faux fur too for for outerwear those are my probably one of my two favorites <laughs> um i love wool too um i love working with it i agree amanda i I tend to get a little itchy if it touches my bare skin. Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, as long as I'm not wearing anything super thin and I can protect my neck with a scarf or something, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I I just – there's nothing that looks like wool, you know? It's just – it's so yeah. classic. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I love wool. Um, I like fleece, not not necessarily for – the outer part necessarily, um, but definitely for lining fleece, I find to be very mm-hmm. snuggly and cozy and and just kind of rewarding to feel on the inside of your jacket. Um, and I actually have never sewn anything um, with faux fur or minky or sherpa, but I totally want to. Um, I just have to. Um, Basically, I have to overcome my, oh my God, it's how much a yard um, in my brain so yeah. that I can actually, right. you know, get it. Because, you know, like Shannon Fabric has just these beautiful, super soft um, faux furs and totally would be worth it to make a, a coat or something out of that. But I, it's just, it it's just getting past my brain. Yeah. So, Mm-hmm. I will say that, yeah, outerwear projects are often an investment. And yes, they maybe are. Maybe that yeah. just increases the intimidation factor and 
the never never getting started factor and all of those things that mm-hmm. um, we know happens. Let's talk about outerwear categories that you haven't tried yet. Maybe they intimidate you. Maybe you just haven't gotten to them yet. Maybe you just thought about them today and you added them to your list. <laughs> I want a jacket so mm-hmm. bad. I, mm-hmm. I, I need to make it happen before I, I just need to – before I pack up my studio, I just need to make one because then it's going to be until next summer. I just um, – I want to make a shacket so bad. They're just so on trend right now. I see them everywhere and they're so cute and I just want one. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh. Just love that word too. It's just like a fun word to say as well. <laughs> I feel like it's a good like fake – curse word. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's shack it. Oh, shack it. <laughs> it does. It sounds ever so slightly obscene. Um, it does. But like you can say it. It's okay. <laughs> what about you, Kate? Oh, for me, um, I my category is faux fur. I just want to do something mm. with faux fur. Um, Ellie and Mac, uh, they have a, a little, well, they had a little cape pattern. It's like a waist length, sort of hip length cape called the Nightfall Cape, but I believe they have just discontinued it. Um, mm. I just checked the website a little while ago and didn't find it. Um, so sorry, everybody. Um, but um, I keep thinking, you know, that sounds like something that would be great in faux fur and it wouldn't be that complicated. Uh-huh. Um, so I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, bulky, many bulky seams or anything like that. So I'm kind of toying with that idea. Um, I definitely, I'm definitely intimidated by the idea of doing um, faux fur, which is ridiculous because I know the trick. Yeah, you do. I have demonstrated the trick on uh, Stitch Lab, but I just, I'm still so worried about just like coating my entire studio in little fur bits. So, um, so apparently my brain needs to get over several levels with the faux fur, but we'll see. Um, two side notes. I use your trick from Stitch Lab to cut some faux fur and it totally worked. Um, okay. So thank you. And two, I just brought home some faux fur yardage from the studio, from the, the office, and all of my kids have claimed them. And everyone is going to be... <gasps> Like little Jon Snows over here. Like we are watching (laughs) Game of Thrones again and everyone's just wearing their fur (laughs) draped over their shoulders. I'll have to get a picture, but it's pretty hilarious. Um, That's adorable. It's like, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Like Mm -hmm. my family is definitely pro faux fur. Um, I have a bunch on my list. I think that I forget like how many outerwear options you have. Like you could just, there are so many styles and silhouettes and I, I still am thinking about a classic wool coat. Um, I might end up making a wool shacket actually. And, um, cause I'm also like totally team shacket, but I think, I think if I can get, um, you know, lining covering the neck, I'll probably be, I think I can make it work. I also, kind of want to make a parka like I haven't really made anything super like sporty but I have some fabric that I could use for the outer maybe line it with sherpa um so like kind of a classic parka look 
I think it'd be good for snow. Um, the, the fabric I have for the outer is a coated fabric. Um, and it doesn't really rain very much here in Colorado, but it does snow. So Mm -hmm. I might have to do that. Um, I will say I have a category that is like a no-go for me. And that is, I am not a Cape fan. I think (laughs) I've shared this before on the podcast. Like, unless it was like, if I, maybe cloak, maybe I could do a cloak because what you are describing, Kate, sounds amazing. Like floor length, huge hood lined, like that sounds awesome. But just capes in general, I feel like they seem kind of impractical to me. And uh-huh. oh yeah, I know. They I just totally are. Yeah. Which I mean, that's part of the appeal and that they should be appealing because of that. I just, it's just not, not on my list for now. Um, any, what about you guys? I didn't ask that. Is there anything like just a coat type that you're just not interested in making? I don't know. I mean, I do think sometimes fabric availability yeah. becomes an issue f- for those like sportier type, like ski coats and things. But I feel like there's there's usually something you could like base it off of um, pattern wise. Yeah, it's just f- sourcing fabric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like. So I'm not like a denim jacket kind of person. It's just mm. I grew up in the 90s and never wore a denim jacket. Um, same thing with leather. I'm just not really mm-hmm. into leather jackets. Um, and so that's not really – it's not really something I'm that interested in. So I'd say that mm-hmm. was mine. However – uh, I've been sitting here trying to look up the the pattern I do want to make, um, the clear coat from Closet Core Patterns, which I cannot get out oh, of my yeah. head ever since it was yes. on the cover of Sonu's in like seriously 2017 or something. And it's pink yeah, it and it's beautiful ago. and I love it. And I could not remember the name of it to save my life. Um, so I was just sitting here <laughs> scrolling <laughs> through the website trying to find it. But anyway, it's the clear coat and I love it. And someday, someday I'm going to make that. But I'll skip I will say, do you remember that there was, I remember when we, we shot that for the magazine and I think we had two versions of it. And one was wool with le- like repurposed leather sleeves. And Ooh. it was so awesome. Maybe that's still um, live on their site under that pattern. But yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm not a huge leather jacket person, but I do like the idea of like a little bit of leather. Not, mm-hmm. not the whole thing, mm-hmm. but like leather sleeves or a leather hood or leather panels. Um, yeah. That's more my speed. I, ne- I literally like this is I totally thought forgot of a, yeah. even about a leather jacket. I totally me too. Love leather jacket. <laughs> like a leather motorcycle jacket. I love them. I um and I I also collect like vintage leather jackets. I have this big collection of like shoulder padded jacket. I just love love leather. I didn't even think I was like I would love to uh, you know, make a leather or a pleather one one day. Um, yeah. But that, yeah, that's really into like so yeah. many metal zippers. Yes. But. yes. Well, and and don't get me wrong. I think that a, a a moto jacket is freaking adorable most of the time. It's just not something I'm interested in wearing myself. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I love to look at other people in them. It's just not for me. 
Yeah. I want like a floor length leather jacket. That's the one. I want to make a long jacket, one that goes to mm-hmm. like my ankles. I need a long jacket uh, because I will be having to shovel a driveway this year, which yeah, I've you will. never had. And it's a long driveway. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, my pro tip is that you probably don't want a, a ground length uh Oh jacket for that because then you're just going to be dragging it through the snow and it's going to get wet and but mucky. you'll look really cool you yeah, will you show but <laughs> it's all, that's all I like, care about I just need house oh, outfits <laughs> oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I misunderstood yes go for it it will be awesome <laughs> yeah oh man I, yeah I also wanted before we wrap this up I wanted to just quickly talk about like outerwear accessories and have mm. we made any like um and I just have this on the brain because this morning I filmed it it'll be out now well it was live so it's on YouTube I did my style revive episode 5 live and I made a sherpa bucket hat and it's so cozy oh, and cute. cute and I've made wool headbands before but have you guys made like mittens or sc- scarves that like do you make winter accessories I make a lot of mine I make lots and lots. Um, I almost never sew them. Um, I knit or crochet hats and scarves. I I totally forgot about that. You're like, what? You do what? Um, (laughs) And uh, I I do a lot of knitted accessories. (laughs) Yeah, I do a lot of fingerless mitts too. Um, oh, fun! And, and I've and I've done a few. I've I've sewn a few hats. I think with like simple patterns and like fleece and stuff. And I'll do um, fleece scarves occasionally, but yeah. those are. I mean, those are no sew. You just cut the piece of fleece and maybe put a fringe on the end. You don't really need mm-hmm. to sew anything. Um, so, sort of is my answer to that. Um, I am totally making. A bucket hat now <laughs> with some some kind of fuzzy, cozy fabric because yeah. I am obsessed. That was – it's so cute. Um, I have crocheted a lot of hats and oh. accessories. I haven't I haven't crocheted in a while, um, but that is definitely something I used to love to do. And I have made some fabric scarves. If by made, you mean like cut them and then pulled off the – uh, selvage threads to um, make a little bit of fringe. Um, I've done that with flannel before, and I actually I use those quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I haven't I haven't really gone past that. I haven't made um, mittens. I did make a sherpa headband as part of my Zoya the Destroya costume that I didn't get to wear this Halloween. <laughs> but I'm, oh, I'm totally no. going to wear that outside the house. Like it's so cozy and warm. So. I'm with you. And I feel like sometimes those um, those accessories, too, can, like, really pack a punch and be super fun and oh, be yeah. a way to express yourself just mm-hmm. as much as, like, your main outerwear pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I like making cowls when you're – I made mm-hmm. lots of, um, like, a faux fur cowl and stuff. But, yeah, I just wanted mm, to – That sounds Because those are good if you're making something um, and you have, like, a little bit left over to make, like, a coordinating, you know, little something. It's always nice. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. Well, this was a super fun conversation. I knew it would be. I knew that like now all I want to sew is outerwear. I I absolutely knew that was going to happen. And I I think I anticipated it and I was ready for it. But yeah, thanks, y'all. That was super inspiring. And a good trip down memory lane of like all the coats we've sewn. (laughs) Nice to remember those. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. 
All right, well, let's take a little break and then we'll be back at it with some Sojo. All right. Welcome back, everyone. And it is time for our Sojo segment, our very favorite segment, where we get to talk about what is giving us our sewing mojo at the moment. So, Amanda, I see you're typing some notes right now. So why don't you start us off? (laughs) Um, My note about my Sojo was everything, exclamation point. Four exclamation points. So I've been... I don't know. I feel like maybe I maybe I took a little bit of a break this summer. I definitely hit like a sewing lull. And now that it's cooler out, Halloween costumes are past. Um, I just cannot sew fast enough and I can't tile patterns fast enough. I've been buying patterns. Mm-hmm. I've been um, just sewing a bunch, um, especially overalls. I feel like um, I've been, I made a pair of Yanta overalls and I immediately cut out another pair. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what happened, but now I am just super inspired to sew. So I'm just going to try to take advantage of it. Um, while it's here, you got your Sojo back. That's awesome. I got my Sojo. Yay! I, did, I, I was, I had faith that it would return and I didn't like pressure myself too much. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what? It will come back. It will. I like, I know it will. And I, I think, I mean, I feel like that was something I heard a lot of in the, in the online sewing community in particular during the summer. And I feel yeah. like that fall season change is really, um, it's a winner. <laughs> I think it just helps, you know? How about you, Meg? What's your sojo? I just going off what Amanda says. There, it's such a good feeling when you finish a mate, and you still kind of have the pat. You haven't put it away yet, and yes. you just like immediately cut another one. I've done that so many times, and it's I love it. I'm just already excited to make like another one right away. I do that too. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense too because one thing that I've realized I really love about like TNTs and making yeah. multiples is that you don't have to read the instructions again. Yes. So I like to do it when it's like fresh on my fresh. brain. And then you, yeah, I you agree. Just cruise through it. It's, and then it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I didn't mentally like think that I did that, but that's so, that's exactly what I do. And mm-hmm. that's probably why I like doing it so much yep. too. Yep. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just now just, I have a list of things that I need to sew before I pack up my sewing machine. I yeah. need to make, you know, some things for, uh, make something for the magazine. And I need to sew, I want to try sewing some gifts because I, I'm going to be really busy um, setting everything up. But I do really, really want to make a jacket. And I want to make a warm one like you were talking about, Amanda. One that yeah. I can really, I can actually wear in the winter and feel warm instead of more of like a fashion piece. So yeah, maybe lining it with some Sherpa and some plat, maybe having some Sherpa on the outside, like the collar or something. So, and it will match my hat. I'll have to get more Sherpa though, but did you get lime green Sherpa? Huh? Hmm. I'll have to make a call over to Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Call call your people. (laughs) Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Well, um, mine is, it's not entirely dissimilar. Um, my, my Sojo is really my studio, my, my beautiful oh, new studio. Nice. Yeah. You just so, enjoying the space. Yeah. And I want to be here and I want to be working on things. Oh, so I love that. I mean, 
it's it's not it's not about even what I'm sewing. It's just about it's about being in here and using the space and having the space serve me so beautifully. Um, and so, like, I've got some plans to. I have a a couple of alterations I need to make. I've got a purse where I need to reinforce some stitching. Um, just little things and some some bigger things that I'm kind of mulling over. But at the moment, it's just. It's just finding any excuse that I can to to use this room and enjoy being in it. So that's mm-hmm. my sojo. Yeah. Such a good one. Yeah. I would strongly advise like doing those things like alterate like when you're feeling excited about your studio. Yeah. <laughs> I hate doing those things. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. When you just want to use the space. It's like when I'm listening to a podcast episode and it's not done yet or uh, an audio book and I'm just – I can't just sit there and I, and then I just start cleaning something just because I want something to do while I'm listening mm-hmm. to something. I feel like that could be the same in the studio. You just want to sew anything in there. And so you should knock out all of those like little annoying sewing tasks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Agreed. All right. So um, let's move on to our sew and tell question where we answer a listener question. Um I picked this question and then didn't think about it at all. So I'm going to let you guys go first. Um, We're past Halloween now, only a couple days when we're recording, but uh, we're kind of into the season where it doesn't seem inappropriate anymore to ask, what are your Christmas gift sewing plans, everybody? I don't really know yet. And I think part of it is because my husband's birthday is in November. It's Mm. really near uh, Thanksgiving and... I do have plans to make him one, if not two things. And I usually I usually try to make him something for his birthday. So I think until I've finished that project, I don't really get full street uh, steam into Christmas sewing. So I don't really know this year. I'm making everybody bucket hats. <laughs> <laughs> you decided like an hour ago, right? I did. Except <laughs> I do want to make Julian uh, – I want to copycat his favorite pair of these yes. pants that he wears and remake them because there's literal – they're they're literally like falling apart like at the mm. seams. I've sewn up the crotch seam maybe five times. It's just it's, – it's beyond repair. So um, they might even just be ones where I just ask him, can I go – take these apart. I was going to say that maybe it's there's paint splattered all over them yeah. and everything, but he loves, loves them. I think we actually got them together when we were in Colorado. He got, cause we don't have, well, we used to have target, uh, no, not target, sorry, TJ Maxx. I always get them mixed up. Um, and so we went, he got them at TJ Maxx in Denver and this <laughs> was like so many years ago in there. And he can't – every time we go to America, he would always look and he couldn't find – because that's a thing with like TJ Maxx and stuff. But I want to copycat them for him. That's, that's awesome. such a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, that. Kate? Um, I have not thought about this at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned it on the on the podcast, but I'm, I'm working on a community theater uh, production right now. Um, it's a Christmas play, but it's going up Thanksgiving weekend. And so right now that's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like get through that and then I can start mm-hmm. thinking about things. And then you can, yeah. Which is going to be super dangerous because if you recall, like all of my family birthdays are in December. <gasps> and yes, I my remember. husband, his, my husband's birthday is the 14th, but he's going to have a joint party with my mom this year. 
on like the fifth. And so I really need to get on those. Um, so I don't know if I'll be sewing anything, honestly, we'll see. Um, but right now I'm just kind of trying to get through the next three or four weeks. I can't remember where we are in time right now, um, to get through my play (laughs) and then I'll worry about Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'll probably end up doing something similar to what I did last year, which was like make matching sweatshirts for my boys and Mm -hmm. make Ruby. She's got this terrible like sequiny fabric that she got at the thrift store that she's been begging me to make her like a full length gown with. And it's it's a knit. Like it's, I'm just, I can sew it quickly, but I feel like, I think I do that now, like. Knits are like my go-to Christmas gift yep. Yep. fabric because they're so quick to sew. And, you know, it's just a sweatshirt, but also, um, you know, it's a little bit special. It's a mama made. So yeah. I'll probably end up with a similar plan this year. Mm-hmm. Cool. Also, knits are good for gifts in terms of because they do stretch Fit. too. Mm-hmm. So for fitting, yeah. um, those are going to make, yeah, such good gifts too. But yeah, this, we might need to just ask this as a community question just to get the wheels turning because I, I know I'm not there yet and I feel like I, I should be but mm-hmm. yeah be a good conversation to have mm-hmm. I feel like this this you know how I have my on and off years with the yes. holidays I feel like I'm gonna be full on this year I have a, I'm gonna be in a house and I'm gonna yeah. uh, I like I just feel like I'm gonna really get into it this year or the next yeah. year will and I we'll remember see. you were you were very <laughs> off Nick last year. So I was so off last year. I was a <laughs> oh, I was a Grinch last year. That's so okay. this year it's gonna be extra. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a big thing that happens every I feel like it should be every two years. I really I love your plan. I have been <laughs> meaning to like take that on as my plan. <laughs> You know, I will say too, I feel like this year I did a better job of sewing for my family than I usually do. So I don't feel as much pressure to like, oh, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. You know, a me made holiday something. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just over here validating myself, y'all. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely should. Thanks for your support. (laughs) Oh, man. That was such a fun episode. Um, It really was. And I a, a few um, quick things to just mention. Don't sleep on the Wyndham quilted bomber jacket, no. especially yeah. if you are inspired by this episode. At least I am. Um, and we had that so long going on. It's a free pattern. It's a free video tutorial. Um, I think it's probably the best sew along I've ever done. And I have no idea why, because I was super intimidated by all the the welt pockets and the quilting and the um, the bands and everything, but it really, I don't know, it turned out really well and I feel like it oh, made yeah. the process really approachable. So if it's something that you've been wanting to try, I feel like it's a really great entry point into outerwear in general. Um, and we also, um, we're talking a little bit of outerwear on the So Daily News for November, mm-hmm. which is live on our YouTube channel. That's the So Daily Network there. And we talk about a ton of new pattern releases. Oh, yeah. And there were a ton of jackets this time around. So go so listen many. to that, too, if you want some more, like, new pattern inspiration. And if you want to see me make a Sherpa bucket hat, uh, make sure to, yeah, also check out my Style Revive Live. 
was recorded. Yeah, Fun. I am making one of those. Mm-hmm. That sounds. I already found my scraps. <laughs> so many good things going on. So many reasons to sew. So much inspiration, y'all. Yeah. For love sure. It. All right, everybody. Until next time. Happy stitching. Bye. Happy stitching. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs> As promised, here's our conversation with Sunny Grant. While you're listening, go to HuskarnaViking.com and check out their exclusive Joy OS advisor, which provides step-by-step tutorials and inspiring projects directly on the machine's large color touchscreen, so you have all of the assistance you need right at arm's reach. That's HuskvarnaViking.com. I am so excited to be joined by our very special guest today, Sunny Grant, and she is the Director of E-Learning and Education for SVP North America. So I welcome you today, and we've had the chance to talk a little bit before, which Mm -hmm. is so amazing. Your knowledge of of these machines is fabulous. Thank you guys for letting me be here with you. And uh, I'm very excited too, because it, it is a joy, right? Our sewing, <laughs> it is just fabulous. So absolutely. So glad to be here with both of you. And I'd like to know, like, what is your favorite part of your job? Just working with, uh, you work with so many cool machines and everything and people. And what's your favorite part? You know, Meg, it's kind of interesting. I think that is shifted in my whole career because I've been doing this a little while. But, you know, besides just the sewing and working with the great machines and software and everything like that, I've been having the opportunity to coach new people. And oh Uh my gosh, it's that's, that's been something that's kind of woken woken me up. I don't know if that's proper, but it just kind of was like, <laughs> wow, I love to see all these new people that are just growing and learning in sewing. And with all of our, you know, who's from Viking Faf and Singer, I mean, there's just so much to learn that it's just cool to see that. So right now I'm just feeling so energized with that. That is so great. And you've definitely awoken me. <laughs> you've definitely, <laughs> well, yeah, she, uh, Sunny was so grateful to um, jump on a one-on-one with me to show me some features of my uh, machine that I had with the software where like you can turn a picture into an, an embroidery design and all the cool like placement features and going through. So, Cause I'm kind of, it's interesting because when you're sewing for so long, but then you're actually learning on a computer sewing machine, it's a little bit of a learning curve. But once you learn it and it, it can help you tremendously. It's a, it's a whole different world, isn't it? When your yeah. machine actually is the thing that is saying, hey, this would be great if you do this, right? Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So, speaking of the technology and amazing things that these machines can do, what's your favorite feature of the? What? How do you pronounce? It's the Joy Original Sewing Advisor. Is that how? Actually, we call it the Joy of Sewing Advisor. Oh, sorry. Right. 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 I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. Oh, that's perfect. The Joy of Sewing. Yeah. I mean that. That is what we love. And that's, again, what I think all of us really enjoy. And I have to say, you know, one of the best features, it, you know, the Joy of Sewing Advisor started with what was called a sewing advisor clear back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And what the machine mm-hmm. does for us now is you choose fabric, you choose what you want to do. 
and it actually sets up your whole machine, which is so cool. I mean, including tension, stitching, yeah. all that sort of stuff, which is so neat. But with the Joyous Sewing Advisor, now there are videos. And I think um, I have to smile a little bit because I love invisible zippers, but I always forget which side do I put where, what do I do and how do I do that? And so I just touch my machine and it takes me through a little video of how to put in an invisible zipper. So I never ah, have to I know forget. It. It's so cool. It is really, really cool. So I think that's the best for me actually is, is just having all of that help right at my fingertips. It's like the um, keep sewing joyful advisor <laughs> exactly. to like help you get past those really frustrating moments. I was taking a look and one of the other features that is part of that program is a stabilizer recommendations, which I love mm. because it's I'm in the same exact way with invisible zippers. Um, I can never remember exactly how to do them. And the same with stabilizer, no matter how much I do machine embroidery, I'm always like, wait, which stabilizer should I use for this? Mm -hmm. um, so I love that feature. I find that really handy. I agree with you, Amanda, and that it is, you know, again, having those things right there while you're sewing, not having to look something up or anything like that. And uh, one of the other things that I also love is we have that Joy of Sewing Advisor in one of our apps for your phone. So if you're out shopping, you can look at those stabilizers too, which is like, oh, I need that one or that one. And what am I going to use? <laughs> so it's all so cool. Yeah. Last week I was, that's one of my, my favorite features, actually just the settings changing. I literally in the same day sewed a pair of jeans and then sewed a knit top with just the switch of a yeah. button. I didn't have to fiddle for an hour adjusting all of the tensions. Mm -hmm. It was truly, truly amazing. And how it tells you what to use. I know they come with a million feet and sometimes I just end up using one or two. What I like when you explore yes. different, I was, I used uh, the video to do a blind hem and, you know, I had to use it. I was like, oh, I haven't used this foot before. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> I love to your point. I mean, I guess, I guess we all are enjoying these, right? All of these great features, but to your point about using the proper foot, it is amazing um, as I'm coaching these new people. It's like, well, if you use this foot, it really is going to do a better job. And if you use that foot, you're going to, you know, so the, having the joy of sewing advisor tell me what foot is the best foot, that, that's score bonus, right? That's great. I know. I love it. It's almost a reminder too, like, hey, get out that foot and actually use I it because it's going to make your life easier. <laughs> I also want to go over some amazing features that these machines have when it comes to embroidery placement. When I started embroidering, that was my number one like I, it, it would be so off. Yeah. I would think like measuring the hoop to what's on the screen, but I love in place. I use the app, everything that I, I embroider. I take the picture of my sew monitor app and use the design placement, but you showed me another way too. There's a, a really good tip within the actual machine that you can use too. So a lot of our embroidery machines really starting with kind of our intro machines, the Topaz and then the Sapphire, which I think you uh -huh. have and the Ruby and the Epic. Yes, and, I have the yeah. Sapphire, yeah. I mean, all of these machines have what we call design positioning. So not only mm -hmm. can you use the app, which there is actually 
Meg, I, I uh, don't know if you know yet, but there is a brand new app that has. <gasps> I did yes, not know. <laughs> so you're going to have to go back on and get your I am. app. But it also includes the design placement. It is called the MySonet mobile app. So you just got to go back. I mean, it's very simple. But um, so that has the take the picture and have make that your background. Mm -hmm. But what design positioning does for us is, let's say you, you have a pocket on your, your jacket or a pocket on your shirt, and you want to place it right above that. And to your point, I don't know how many times I've sewn that pocket down and embroidered. <laughs> oh, you sew, yeah, you sew yeah, the top. Because like, right, I, I had it in the wrong spot. And at a certain point, what design positioning allows you to do is just say, here's a point on my embroidery. You put a dot on your fabric and say, I want that dot on the embroidery to go to the dot on the fabric and you move it there and you're good to go. And wow. that is, so again, cool. for like above a pocket, if you have the bottom of your design, put it right above the pocket, you know, you're never going to have to worry about anything. And I tell you, design positioning with that little app with the design placement, you will have success. There is no question about it. Because yeah, ripping out an embroidery <laughs> design is something you never, ever want that's to do. That's next level. <laughs> that, that's when you say, uh, how much was that shirt and should I start over now? Exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Or you say, you know, I don't need this pocket anymore. <laughs> I would just take out the pocket, cut yeah. the pocket around it. No, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh. It's so cool to think about. Um, I mean, I'm relatively new to machine embroidery. I've been kind of active in the in that realm now for about five or six years. And even in that amount of time, uh -huh. so much has changed. And I will yeah. also say the same has happened with sergers. Yeah. I feel like sergers now, like there are so many features that are just kind of mind boggling. And I know the same is true for the Amber Air S600 so can you tell us a little bit about that machine? I've, I've done a little bit of research online and it's kind of blowing my mind. Well, <laughs> you know what, Amanda, I am, first of all, I, uh, I also was able to look a little bit online, but I actually got to use one, one of the, oh, just, wow. I, I was using it just oh. before we talked perks of the yeah, job. I know. I guess exactly. <laughs> testing. It's not out on the market yet, but I was testing. And I have to say, this is a very special machine because Ooh. remember when we were talking about the, you know, the joy of sewing advisor on the machines, which you guys, you know, we all loved in the stabilizer and all that sort of stuff. They've actually incorporated that just enough into the Amber Air S600. So the cool part is you choose your fabric like you do on your sewing machine and the machine itself will set the differential feed. It'll set, I know. Wow. Crazy. Wow. So I like cool. never touch those dials. On the I know. I'm too scared. I never touch yeah. those. Yeah, and that's, it even sets the tension, you know, that sort of oh, thing. Wow. It's, uh, it's pretty special. So I feel very fortunate and the other thing that I don't know, Amanda, if you saw in your research, but there is something and I had to write it down because you have all sorts of acronyms, but this one is called precise thread control. And mm. I don't know how yes. much you, you both are using a serger, but we know that the stitch finger, right? It, it has your stitch forms over the top of the stitch uh -huh. finger, uh -huh. but sometimes threads are a little bit off the edge a little bit too much, or oh, yeah. it pulls the thread in. And what this does 
is the precise thread control actually moves the stitch finger not up or back, but left or right. Oh, and so, wow. so yeah, so you don't have to actually, and and we're all kind of sad. I, if you could see me, those of you who are listening, my hand is moving left and right. It's kind of like my whole yeah. body's moving. <laughs> but it is actually pretty cool because you don't have to change width. You don't have to worry about a stitch finger. All you're doing is using this precise control and it's just moving the stitch finger slightly so you don't have the mm -hmm. loops either pulled too much or too little. And that's where, Amanda, to your point, if you read it, you might not understand it. But man, when I got to use it, I was like, oh, oh. boy, oh boy. Art is imitating life right now because I literally was having trouble on my serger this weekend with my stitch yeah. finger. And there wasn't, oh. there wasn't really a way to, to adjust it. And I think it was also a side effect of sewing uh, too much polar oh. fleece for Halloween yeah. costumes. Oh, and I think I knocked something yes, out of whack. Totally. But I was, I, was liter I was toiling this weekend. And that feature sounds amazing. It is really wonderful. And I forgot to say, just because I guess I've become accustomed to this, I was helping one of our newer educators. And we were talking sergers. And I had the Amber Air. And she had a different model and I got to thread it with, I call it whoosh threading, but the mm -hmm, <laughs> automatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's my favorite kind. <laughs> exactly. It's the air threading. And she was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's not fair. Because then she had to thread her machine a different way. <laughs> so right. um, because of that, the, you know, the air threading is very special. You know, this precise thread control, the sewing advisor being built into a serger. Oh my gosh, I just. I, I am in love. It is really, really a cool machine. Like it has the little screen it, too. Like it has, yes. honest wow. to goodness, it has a screen and you do just like you do on your, so cool. like on your Sapphire machine, right? You, you yeah. use the fabric you want and it will set things. Well, that's the same thing on the serger. It sets the tension. It oh. sets the differential feed. It, you know, makes it so if you're using a knit, you don't have to remember to set the differential feed. You choose the knit fabric and guess what? It sets it for you. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, eliminating those sometimes like those popped seams on knits because it, yeah, because for the stretching to, oh, that sounds amazing. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be, it's always hard. I love my, I have an industrial <laughs> serger, but this is really <laughs> sounding really good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh. I was also looking at the the Amber Air, and I don't know if the triple cover stitch feature is new. It seemed new to me. I'm kind of new to to the cover stitch realm, mm -hmm. but that looked really cool. You know, the the triple cover has been around for a little while, but yeah. it is something that not all sergers have. They will often have like a narrow or a wide or, you know, just a regular, yes, but the exactly. triple cover... I have to admit what I like to do is I, I do like to mess around with like a little bit different thread in the looper yeah. so you can get some really beautiful, uh, like on the underside, get some really pretty stitching, especially if you're using maybe a little metallic thread or different stuff mm -hmm. like that. It is really fun. So that triple cover, you see that in high end knit stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 
I love talking to you always. You give Mm -hmm. such good sewing advice. And thank you so much for joining us today. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. I I love to talk with you guys. And I so much appreciate (laughs) you uh, having me come on and share some of the new stuff, but also some of the old, you know, the traditional Who's Front of Viking stuff. Really cool, guys. Thank you so much. For links to everything we talked about in this episode, go to our show notes page at sodaily.com slash sewandtell. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sewandtellpodcast at goldenpeakmedia.com or visit us on Instagram at sewandtellpod. Answer the Sew and Tell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us, too. Thanks for listening, and happy stitching. Sew and Tell is a Sew Daily podcast and produced by Golden Peak Media. It's hosted and produced by Meg Healy, Amanda Carestio, and me, Kate Zeinard. Daisha Clay is our producer. Director of podcasts is Jared Mayer. Tiffany Warble is director of content. Kelsey Ratterman handles our marketing. And Andrea Lotz does all things digital. If you'd like more information on sponsoring or advertising on So and Tell, go to goldenpeakmedia.com.